if I'm in a position right now and I know what my tax rate is, I would rather control my tax rate today and try to save in these tax-free accounts if we can, a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, and then not be at the mercy of what Congress and the president's pen decides to put into law. I would much rather control them today than, again, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Glad to have you back on Perfect Game Retirement. I am Ben George along with Ryan Ledden at Black Oak Asset Management. We're talking about assumptions. We always make assumptions in life. We try not to because you know what they say about making assumptions, but there are some things that people commonly assume with retirement that can maybe get you in trouble if you're not too careful. So we're going to talk through a few of those items today and make sure you understand why some of these common beliefs uh, maybe not necessarily apply to your situation in retirement. So that's the goal today. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well. I am doing well. Uh, definitely when you assume you make a horse's <laughs> rear end out of yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think we all know that saying. It's true, man. That, that's that's the, that's the key. And the problem with, with retirement assumptions is if you get them wrong, you can be in bad shape. Yeah. Sometimes it's a point of no return sometimes, but hopefully not. We'll talk through those things today and hopefully hopefully key in on those things. And if the light bulb goes off, we can, we can hopefully guide you, guide you through the right path to, to get rid of those things. And that's what Ryan does. He is a financial coach, president of Black Oak Asset Management and a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro. So if you want to discuss these things further, if you don't know if your retirement plan is on track, if you need to make adjustments, or you just want to start planning for retirement, you can always connect with him online at Black Oak am.com. So we got a a great show with this assumptions. We also have a a mailbag question we'll get to as well. So plenty to talk about today. So let's just jump right into Orion with this conversation on um, assuming. So these are things that I guess you kind of come across and really just generally speaking with retirement planning, these are some things that will pop up that maybe as an advisor, you say, okay, let's, let's slow down a little bit. Maybe this isn't correct for you. Let's talk through it, figure out exactly. And I think the first place you start is with retirement spending. And a lot of times people assume, hey, when I get to retirement, I'm just not going to be spending as much as I am now. Definitely hear this one a lot. And and these topics that we're going to discuss today, I've heard every single one of them. So Hmm. let's talk through them. So yes, the one I'll spend less when I retire. There's some truth to that. And there's not truth to that. Obviously, I don't want to give uh, blanket assumptions about everyone, but there, when you see general trends in these statements made over and over and over again, again, that's where people can assume wrong. And it can be very detrimental, especially spending in retirement because they're in decumulation phase. They're no longer in accumulation phase. It's what they have is what they have. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people that have pensions and large Social Security benefits and maybe a spouse as well and good savings. But when it comes to retirement, and I don't know how many articles I have read or seen that, oh, you know, count on 70%, count on 80%, count, I've seen as low as 60%. That's just not true because the day you retire, the next day, all of a sudden you don't cut your spending. (laughs) It just usually does not happen. So 
usually what your income is when you work is going to be very, very close. Now, obviously, there's exceptions to the rule, but it is pretty darn close to what it was while you were working. You have more free time. I I joke with my dad all the time. He's 74 and every day Saturday because he'll say that. It'll be like Tuesday. He's like, what's today, Saturday? (laughs) I'm like, no, dad, I got to go to work. But so there's more free time to do things, whether that's if you have hobbies in retirement, whether that's playing golf three times a week, whether that's, you know, going out to eat more or traveling more, there's things that you just spend more money on. Now, does that last forever? The general trend that I have seen and people that we work with no. the spending usually does taper off. There's, there's kind of a saying that I heard somebody say, I don't know if it's at an advisor event, but your first, you know, first few years in retirement is your go-go years. The next, you know, set of years are your slow go. And then your last set of years are your no-go years. And so you see spending spike or stay the same. Then you see it taper, but then you see it pick back up because of health reasons. Usually healthcare is expensive. Long-term care is expensive. So there are things that increase spending and it's not really of your doing from habits, travel, whatever that may be. So I usually tell people do not discount much what they need for in retirement. They may have to, uh, but if they have the choice, they're usually going to keep that spending just about the same because they have a lot more free time on their hands and they want to do more. And that's fine, but it all depends on what they save. But don't assume that it's just going to be less and you don't need to save as much in for retirement. So it could be true, might not be true, but you need to make sure you have a pretty good grasp of how you want to spend your retirement to get a good sense of what that spending is going to look like. How about taxes? We talk about it quite a bit. Taxes right now are pretty low and we see all the spending that's happening. We're in the middle of awaiting our third stimulus package (laughs) that's coming out uh, for us. So, you know, you can talk about this just in general, but I think the idea in retirement, the assumption is just that, you know, you're not making as much money, right? You don't have as much income coming in. So in theory, your taxes are going to be lower. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on this on this one question because you're right. We have talked about it a lot. I'm passionate about it. Again, not we're not CPAs here. We're not tax preparers, but we know the tax code and how it operates and functions and works and you know, how things are taxed from uh, capital gains to ordinary income. Social security is taxed differently, but you factor all these things in. And that's what we've been told our entire lives, that your taxes will be lower. You'll be in a lower federal tax bracket than when you get to retirement. And that may be the case for some, but we are in such historical low federal tax brackets right now that I've seen more times than not that people are in the exact same tax bracket while working than in retirement. And so that that savings that you get, quote unquote, tax deductions from 401k contributions, hopefully, again, we've been told that we're going to be in a higher tax bracket while we're working. So, hey, let's put in our pre-tax contributions into our 401k, get the tax deduction, lower our income now, then when we retire, okay, we're going to slide down in that tax bracket and then take it out when it's lower, which historically speaking has made sense for a long time because I've mentioned this before on the show, 401k started in the late 70s, early 80s, 
when tax rates were as high as 70%. Well, they're half that now. Well, almost half. 37% is the highest, but technically almost half of what it was before, the highest tax bracket. So yeah, no brainer. Put it in, get get a tax deduction when the tax rates are so high and then take it out later when you're in a lower tax bracket. But those those tax brackets have scaled down. Now, I don't have a crystal ball. Uh, I don't know what Congress is going to do tomorrow, but I do think whether it's next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, I don't think tax rates are going to be as low as they are now. I just, the math does not work out from our debt, huge issue. You just mentioned it, third round of what is it, 1.9 trillion? Yeah, I think that's, that's it. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. I get it. Some people need it, but my goodness, another $2 trillion. Let's just go ahead and add that to the federal debt. But also our entitlement programs uh, take up a big chunk of our federal budget, and that's only going to increase. And when those almost guaranteed payments take that much of a strain to the federal budget, they have to increase taxes. Now, where are they going to get those taxes from? You know, you've heard it in the media. It's going to be a lot of the higher income earners, but I think it's going to trickle down to a lot more people than they think. Again, my personal humble opinion, I could be completely wrong, but I just do think tax rates are going to go up down the road. So if I'm in a position right now and I know what my tax rate is, I would rather control my tax rate today and try to save in these tax-free accounts if we can, a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, and then not be at the mercy of what the what Congress and the president's pen decides to put into law, I would much rather control them today than again, 10, 15, 20 years from now. So I just think that old adage is just gone away. I've seen even clients, this is rare, but I've seen clients even move up in tax brackets uh, because they save well, they got pensions, they have social security. And when you factor all those things in, you sometimes slide up in a tax bracket. But my mindset, like I don't want to think like I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) I I want to be in a higher tax bracket when I get into retirement. (laughs) (laughs) I want to save so well and have streams of income coming in that I have a tax issue, not a tax problem, but maybe a tax issue where I have to owe. And that's that's a good problem to have. So I want to change my mindset and think, I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket or the same tax bracket when I get into retirement because I feel like I'm going to be, my retirement's a long time from now, but I feel like I'm going to be one of those people that are going to want to go, go, go. I can't, now I am a beach bum. I could sit on the beach for a while, but that (laughs) only is so fun for so long. Uh, So I know I would be very, very active and and continue to spend and do things. And so my tax bracket will continue to, to probably be the same, if not higher. So I think I think the bottom line is you just you need to be planning for for taxes. I mean, regardless of where they go, and we don't know because we don't have a crystal ball, but mm-hmm. you got to be planning for it now, no matter what. A- absolutely. And then there's the silent killer of inflation, which I know is not exactly in the same topic, but it kind of is a tax without it being a tax. Inflation, I think that's going to go up down the road. I, I don't think it can stay at around two and a half, three percent. I think that will continue to go up. So that's going to chew in to people's purchasing power. And it's it's like that, again, it's the silent killer sometimes of people's retirement. Is 3% compounded over time. It's It, it can be painful 20 years later uh, when you look at what that income level looks like. It's, holy cow, that's a lot, that's a lot of money. Well, that's just what inflation does. It, it, this dollar amount today in 20 years from now is going to look completely different. Yeah, and I'm hearing that inflation word a lot more these days, too. <laughs> it no seems doubt. like no, everywhere no, no you doubt. listen and look, it's inflation, inflation, inflation. So, 
definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, Another retirement assumption that we'll hear, and this one's a little bit different, but, you know, there's a lot more parents that are coming to maybe the fork in the road where it's, do I help my children with college and help, you know, fund that for them? Or do I continue saving for retirement? And I think that maybe the more common assumption is, look, I need to help my kids first and help take care of them. And then I'll worry about retirement. Yes, that's that's common as well. I mean, I think it's like our, as mom and dads, it's, it's like our moral obligation to to do that. But you can't, and again, be, being a Dave Ramsey guy, you can't put that baby step ahead of the retirement baby step. That's why college savings is after retirement savings. And, and Dave makes jokes about it, and it's kind of funny, you know, if, if you pay for their school and don't save for retirement, then you're going to move in with your kid when you get to retirement because <laughs> you can't afford retirement. So yeah. you have to you have to put, and I've heard this analogy before too, you have to put yourself first or your, your, your family first as far as retirement goes. It's kind of like the airplane analogy. You know, you put your mask on first, then you can help others do that. So you, you need to, to do that. Of course, all along the while, Dave is teaching to, you know, give to churches and charities along the way. So it's not like you're being selfish with your money, but it, you do need to be selfish from a planning standpoint. So it is sometimes difficult. That, that can be a gut-wrenching conversation to have sometimes with people when I tell them that I think I, I disagree with the order that they're going in. And so right. that can be a touchy, that can be a touchy subject. Because again, of the obligation, sometimes some parents feel that they have to do that, but you just can't, you can't do that. You can't put your kid's school ahead because it's going to put you way behind. And I know the whole, you know, once they get through, oh my gosh, I'll be able to save so much. I get that because your higher earning years are usually in your fifties, if not early sixties. So you can maybe save a lot more, but time is not on your side anymore. Uh, The time value of money is, it's, it's it's going away if you're waiting till after those kids go to school. And like Dave Ramsey says, there's other ways to pay for school. There's scholarships, there's grants, they can work while they're in school. Obviously Dave is not going to tell you to take on debt, but there are student loans out there that sometimes people have to take, which this country has another speaking of inflation being a buzzword. Student debt's a huge issue as well. And I know parents don't want their kids to um, graduate school with, with student loan debt, but there's ways to be smart about, okay, what school do we go to? What are we going to major in? You know, is private school really necessary? Not, not bagging on private schools, but you're definitely going to pay a lot more. So is it really needed to go there versus maybe a smaller school for the first couple of years and then transfer into that private school. So it just seems like college is one of those decisions that kids and parents make without any regard to cost. <laughs> I'm not saying we don't factor that in, but it's like, oh, you know, my little little Susie's got to go to such and such school. Well, my gosh, it's going to cost you 200 grand. So sometimes we don't take that in consideration. Uh, I think we are more and more because of, of tuition rates are continuing to go up, but you got to put your retirement first before you put your kid's school and the last one we want to get to, and, and, and this one, you know, I think the reality of retirement creeps up on people a lot of times. And, you know, life sometimes can make it difficult to save and put money away. And, you, you know, all of a sudden you're looking and you go, man, I'm, I'm getting pretty close. And, you know, a lot of, for a lot of people, they have the assumption that they're just never going to be able to retire, you know, for whatever reason, getting behind, not saving as much, maybe talking to their friends and, and see their friends doing better than they are. And they just kind of, 
you know, maybe, maybe slump down and, and don't have a great feeling about retirement. But you know, what do you tell somebody that kind of comes in with, with that approach that, Hey, I'm just never going to be able to retire. Yeah. And this assumption is, is common, but it's the, I like debunking this one more than the other ones because <laughs> this one's kind of good news if they're wrong on this because you show an, a plan based off of what they have and maybe their social security benefits, you know, $2,500, $3,000 a month and their house is paid for and they have a little bit of savings. They don't have this, you know, million dollar nest egg that all these pundits uh, on on media and news that say, oh, you need a million dollars or you need $2 million. You meet I've had people tell me that before. I need two and a half million dollars. Well, why do you need two and a half million dollars? And sometimes they don't have an answer to that. Oh, well, I hear you can pull 4% of your money out and based off of your nest egg, blah, blah, blah. Well, nest egg is great. I get that. We're, we're trying to save for that. But income is all that matters in retirement, not your nest egg, it's your income. So it's like a, a mind shift that we have to do. It's nest egg, nest egg, nest egg, and then it's income, income, income. So where's my income coming from? So if you need $4,500 a month to live off of or 5000 or 6000 and you got two Social Security benefits that are at 4000 themselves or 4500 or I've seen them as high as over $6,000 for a married couple with two really good benefits. So that's your budget and, and social security takes care of both of them. Like, well, great. Why do you need $2.5 million? Why do you need $1 million to retire on? So I know you want to do things. I get that, but it is essentially about income. Just like it's about your paycheck. Now it's about income when you get to retirement. So do you have rental passive income coming in? That may not be a nest egg item. Yeah. I know the, the, the real estate has an asset value or a value itself. But if you're getting a thousand bucks a month or $1,500 a month from that, and you combine that with maybe a small pension or social security and a little bit of 401k IRA Roth account savings, it's, it's amazing how quickly that number can, can move up. So seeing the look on people's faces that they can retire and not have to work forever is the greatest. Now, some people want to work. I got no problem with that but I want to give them the choice, like work optional lifestyle in retirement. Some people, they got a line drawn in the sand. It says, I am not working another day longer than this. And that's fine too. But we want to know what that, what that looks like for them. Cause everybody is different, but seeing the look on people's faces, knowing that they can retire or the greatest look on somebody's face is that they, they can retire two to three years earlier than they, than they wanted to, or expected to, excuse me, than they expected to. So that's a great feeling as well, but never being able to retire, that's kind of a, and I get life events happen. There's things that happen. There's divorces and bankruptcies and owing the IRS. There's some decisions that are made along the way that can chop your legs out from underneath you, but I don't accept that I'll never be able to retire. It's, it's kind of a negative mindset and I want to prove them wrong. Planning is always going to be crucial. That's you know what we always try to get to. And these examples, like these assumptions, you get made. You know, if you don't have someone you're working with, and if you're not laying out a plan and and clearly see your path to retirement and your needs in retirement, your expenses, your income, all this stuff, then you're gonna you know make these assumptions, and and they may or may not be right. You just never know. But the problem is, you you want to take the guessing game out. And you can do that with planning. So Ryan's always available to help you out, but always lean on a professional to do that with you and help you through that. But if you want to connect with Ryan, you can always do so at blackoakam.com. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you.
Erin had a question for you that she sent in to us, Ryan, I want to get to. She's in Atlanta. She says, I've heard a guy advertising that he specializes in retirement planning for people who have at least a million dollars saved. I fall into that category, but I'm not sure if he actually has a specialty or if he just wants people with more money. Is that really a specialty that exists? So good question, Aaron. And I can see how that comes across as, okay, you only want a certain amount. You only work with people with large amounts of money, seven figures are up, or I've seen, you know, half a million dollars are up, but that, so yes, to answer your question, essentially, is that really a specialty that exists? Yes. And actually the designation that I have is, is basically that a retirement income certified professional. So we look at people who are entering that kind of pre-retiree, new retiree, if you will, of coming up with a roadmap and a plan on what that income looks like. So, I mean, look, we're advisors make money. Yes, we, we make money off helping people reach the goals that they want and the lifestyle they want. So it, it does maybe come across uh, as, okay, a, a little bit of a money grab, if you will. But that's that advisor putting a value on their time as well. And so I get that as a business owner, I, I totally understand that, that certain individuals can only work with certain net worth individuals because of time. They only have so much time. Maybe they have a team of advisors underneath uh, him or her and they need to, that owner needs to devote time to those advisors. So they only have so much time throughout the day. Maybe it's an advisor who doesn't work but 20 to 30 hours a week. And so they have to limit it to only those people. So I don't think, I don't take it. I can see how it comes across as that. I would not take it as, you know, just only wanting to work with high net worth people because that's the only way they're going to make money. There is a, there is a value component to that. There is, uh, but that the specialty of working with only retirees or people who are about to retire 100%, that's, that's sometimes that's all advisors will do our average client age is about 52, 53 years old. So we're younger than, than most. And a lot has to do with our advisors or most of our advisors on our team are, are younger. So there's a natural market there, but, uh, Aaron, uh, it definitely, that person, that advisor you heard I advertise could definitely suit your needs. Aaron, we appreciate the question. If you ever have something on your mind, send it to us. We'll be happy to try to answer it here on the show. Again, you can connect with us blackoakam.com. That is the website. Uh, but you can also call Ryan directly if you want to sit down and actually begin planning and and do that. You can do that at 470-508-0508. And it's very simple, too. Once you're on the website, you can schedule your, your Retirement Coach 360 session online. Very easy to do. But these assumptions are key, and you know you, you want to make sure that you are not making them. So you know, I'm glad hopefully this, this episode has been of help to you. But I want to close it all out with a quote. One that I found that I actually really like this. I've never really kind of heard income position like this, but John Locke once said, our incomes are like our shoes. If too small, they gall and pinch us. But if too large, they cause us to stumble and trip. Yeah. My, my old school history interest kind of is peaked with, with that one. Uh, back to my teaching U.S. history and uh, other history uh, when I was teaching in high school, but I like this because yes, I mean, if we don't have, and Dave Ramsey uses the analogy of shovel, you know, if you've, if you've dug your, dug yourself in a big hole, but if you have a small shovel, you know, your income, it's going to take you a while to get out of that hole because you have too much debt. Maybe you haven't changed your lifestyle. So 100%, I mean, can make, can people make the income work on a smaller amount. Sure. Maybe their, their lifestyle is going to have to be cut. They really got to watch what they spend and that's okay. 
we've all been in that stage of our lives and hopefully we come out of that. But lifestyle creep is a really and true thing. It can happen really, really fast. And you can look back and I remember I was listening in church. Uh, Andy Stanley was sitting up there talking about, you know, if you could, I, I can't remember the, the sermon itself, but he was talking about if you wrote down on a card, like, you know, rewind yourself 10 years and you put on that card what you're making now, as far as the income goes, you'd probably be like, oh my gosh, I'm loaded <laughs> or I'm rich. But then you sit in the seat that you're at now and you're like, eh, I really don't feel that way. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's like inflation. It just creeps in and you don't really realize it. So it's a great quote. Um, if you do make too, too much money, I don't know if I like saying that word too much money, but if you have a large income, you can easily stumble and trip because you're not allocating, you're not being uh, intentional with your money. You get pay raises, you need to save more or do this or start paying your house off more. Again, the baby steps are there for a reason. And I get it. Some people deviate from the baby steps sometimes, but if you keep keep on with that and keep those percentages, if you stick to percentages, then you shouldn't have this problem. But again, we are the most marketed to people in the history of the world and one click of buttons and we buy stuff and it's on our front door. It is very difficult to keep that out. And I'm not saying you can't increase your lifestyle. I'm not saying that at all. Just be intentional about it. Absolutely. That's a great perspective and a great way to, to frame income. And, and we appreciate that quote from John Locke. That's a good one. All right, let's close it out, Ryan. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do. We appreciate it. It helps the show continue to grow and spread the word for somebody that, that wants to learn more about financial planning, retirement planning. Hopefully this podcast will provide some insight and some guidance uh, to you and to your friends and family. We appreciate it, Ryan. We'll talk to you again soon. Look forward to it. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.